Hi, and welcome to NASIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Alex Whitaker in Washington, D.C., where the entire city is exhausted from watching election results all night. On today's episode, we're thrilled to be joined by Stephanie Dedman, Chief Information Officer for the state of Tennessee. That's right. And Stephanie is not only CIO for Tennessee, she's also NASIO's new president. We are really excited to talk to her about her plans for the coming year. Stephanie, welcome back to NASIO Voices, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Stephanie, you are one of the select few who have appeared on the podcast twice. Uh, We last interviewed you back in May of 2020, which feels like a lifetime ago, but we'd love to know how your job and your organization have changed since then. Sure, and thank you for having me again. I'm very honored to be one of those select few. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, we've made it through the pandemic. Our team, my team, is largely intact, and we are still working from home and productive. I know many of my peer states, for whatever reason, their workforces are back in the office, and that's not really the case in Tennessee. You guys remember that we had a formal work-from-home program before the pandemic, which served us very well in in the scramble to get more uh, employees home. I would say we have learned that many of our agencies have now adopted work-from-home in a bigger and better way. So that's that's been good. The pandemic for us really amplified the need for more digital government, and we've been able to move forward in a number of areas. Our citizens continue to really demand service, more services online, and so that's been good. I would say other things that have changed, you know, NASIO shifted. We had a virtual conference. I think as a organization, both staff and the members, the state members and corporate members, we really came together and learned a lot during that and I think supported each other in, in new and creative ways and have learned a lot. NASIO had, you know, held a number of calls and sessions to help us talk through what we were facing and, and creative ideas. And so it was to me, it was just another example of, of NASIO really doing what we do best and supporting each other. Um, so those are the big things I think that have changed. And for those who may not have listened the last time we had you on, can you just give us a quick snapshot of your background and how you came to the role of state CIO? Sure, I'd love to because I'm probably in the minority on that. So my undergraduate degree was in marketing. I continued and got a master's in business administration, but it was a general master's program. I started with Accenture and worked there for 15 years, which was great training ground I was a COBOL programmer, um, and so I definitely learned the foundations of development and and discipline and all of the important things from a a software development standpoint. But I took a project management route and really learned um, all the important parts of of delivering projects and, and working with stakeholders. I came to the state of Tennessee in 2005 to lead our ERP implementation And then just was fortunate and blessed to take on additional roles and additional responsibilities in building really new organizations. My predecessor, Mark Bingle, made me his deputy CIO in 2015, which I think is a, there are other examples of deputy CIOs ascending to the CIO position, but it doesn't always happen. And so I really just had a great runway to learn the pieces of technology that were not my strength and not my background. So I'm I'm one of those CIOs that is not a deep technologist, but I am. My strengths are building teams and focusing on customer service, building a strong culture, and helping 
uh, our technologists understand why teamwork and customer service are important for us to be successful. Well, and of course, we know from our surveys over the last couple of years and the way that the CIO role has been evolving that technologist is really kind of the bottom of the list in skills needed to be a successful CIO. And I would imagine that your background in marketing comes in quite handy sometimes. It does. And I, I think often, as I mean, as you're referring to, often my role is, is about sales and marketing and, and helping our customers understand our services and then being a good listener to make sure we deliver what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes you just have to explain the value of what your department does to people. And maybe you don't in Tennessee, but I know for, for a lot of CIOs, that can be a big hurdle sometimes. Um, so that's great. So, of course, you just became NASIO president, which we're very excited about. What issues do you plan to focus on over the next year? And what do you think are the most pressing concerns of your fellow CIOs? Yes, thank you. I'm very honored, by the way, to be serving as president. I think NASIO is as strong as ever because of all the, the people, those CIOs that have gone before me and, and the great staff, but definitely looking forward to this upcoming year. In terms of focus, there's a lot. I think the future role of the CIO and coming together to understand how should we evolve, what should we be focused on as we look forward to the next two to five years, uh, how do we establish the role of the CIO as a trusted business partner? I think workforce, as we have discussed so many times and at most of our conferences, uh, workforce is a, is a key area for us really as, in a number of ways. And so that sort of leads me to what are the pressing concerns of my fellow CIOs. I believe it is retention and figuring out what does the workforce need to look like. The the war for talent or the, the competition for talent is as difficult as it's ever been. And I think because of the pace of technological change and so many new things facing us, and some not so new, I mean, even cloud data analytics and process automation, and and I'm listing some of the key uh, strategic areas for us in Tennessee, those skills that we need for those emerging technologies are the ones that are in demand with our competition. So pressing concerns, retention, figuring out the CIO model and and how do we we plan for and be prepared to continue to offer the services that our customers need. Cyber security will, as far as I can tell, continue to be a pressing concern for years to come. For us specifically, and I think many of our states um, are also trying to understand the whole of state, whole of government approach, and we are getting pressure to work with our locals in a, in a better way and how do we pull them in, support them, and partner and collaborate to make sure that from a whole of state perspective, we're as protected as we can be. And then I'd say a, another pressing concern that I've sort of mentioned already is just the pace of technology. It, it's faster than ever, which is good, um, but it makes it challenging for us in so many ways. And it's just working with our vendor partners and our customers to help them think about services in a different way, to plan for that, and then plan for how we deliver those services in a way that meets our citizens where they are and based on what they need. Yeah. Those are definitely some pressing concerns and some of them are sort of at the crisis level. Did you, was your interest in becoming president so that you could, you know, kind of address these concerns at a more national level or was it just that you just wanted to take more of a leadership role with NASIA? What was kind of your motivation to ascend to the role of president? 
You know, that's a good question. And I, I would say partly is, is to give back. Uh, there, there are so many peers and folks who, since I've been involved in NASIO, have been so helpful at almost any time. And so not that I, I mean, I, I believe there are strengths that I have to give back, but it's also about coalescing and collaborating with, with all of our CIOs to figure out how we can continue to support each other and do great things for our state. Part of it also, I think, is just, I mean, one of my hopes is that I can take suggestions from my fellow CIOs and just continue to improve on what we do and how we do it. And, and NASIO is such a, a great organization and platform for us to do that. So I, I would say those are the general reasons is, is to give back and then to, to pull together to figure out how we continue to help each other and move us all forward in a way that benefits us all. Well, we certainly appreciate your willingness to, to serve and give back um, as well as the previous presidents willing to do so as well. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And when we were in Louisville, you gave us sort of a, a preview of what we what we can expect for the year and talked about your leadership style. And you also told us about a new word that had been invented in your office called uh, stefinitely, which I think we all loved. And I'm wondering if you can kind of tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> I can. And it's funny, but good story. So my deputy CIO, JP McGinnis, is, can be quite the character at times. And I guess he'd been with us about six months and he and I were talking and I said, I really need you to do this. Is this something you can take on? And he sat there for a minute and he said, definitely. And, you know, I cheered and I'm like, I just love that. And he had uh, a Yeti cup made with definitely on it that I used nice. uh, proudly. Yeah. And so at the time when he said it, it was just the two of us. And then he and I both shared it widely and loudly with the team because I, it makes me happy. And um, we joke about it, but it's, uh, it's a great team. And, and I think JP's personality helps us sometimes keep things light and remember what's important, which, you know, supporting each other and being there for each other. I, you know, culture, you both have probably heard me talk about how cult culture is so important to me. And I, I don't know that over the years, all of my fellow CIOs believe that the way I do. I think I think many do, and, and we've advanced. I mean, I think it's part of the whole recognizing that the, the key skills of a successful CIO are, as, as you were alluding to, Amy, not so much about the technology anymore, but about customer service and being a collaborator and a team builder, and uh, culture is a big part of that. So um, I think the term definitely reflects our fun but dedicated culture in the state of Tennessee. That's great. Well, it, it's also really fun to hear because, you know, while we, we talk about workforce issues so much and while CIOs and states often can't compete with the private sector when it comes to pay, one of the things that CIOs can really influence is that culture. So that's so, so great and interesting to hear how, how you all approach that in Tennessee. But, you know, uh, last but certainly not least, um, coming back to Tennessee, are there any Tennessee specific projects or initiatives that you'd like to highlight that you all are working on right now? Yes, there's several and there's so much important work going on. But one in particular that I would like to highlight is just our enterprise process automation capability and approach that we are implementing. It really is robotic process automation. We, we tend to shorten it just to focus on, you know, the, that it's really about process automation. And we received some funding as well as uh, approval to use some of our state's ARPA dollars to just continue building out the capability. We are working with a vendor partner and software 
we uh, have implemented 40 bots or, or process automations and have a goal this year to implement another 80. And admittedly, some of them are small and, and very specific, but we are definitely building upon the capability. And while we initially focused on our three shared services organizations, which would be our Department of General Services, our Department of Human Resources, and then the department that my organization sits in, which is the Department of Finance and Administration. And so the first 40 focused on sort of back office capability to automate a number of processes in those th- for those three agencies. We've now begun to branch out to our more programmatic agencies and, you know, are built, currently building that inventory of 80. The thing that we have to do, though, is to be able to incur, well, more than encourage, we have to be able to show that the savings in terms of hours are redirected in a way that we can really demonstrate true savings. My biggest fear is that we that we stand up in front of the legislature and say, we've delivered 100,000 hours of savings, and then we can't talk about what that means. Because if it's not true savings in some manner, it won't really mean very much. Our goal is not about reducing headcount. And so that makes it extra challenging that as we redirect employees who have been spending time on rote processes and we, we automate that successfully, we have to be able to talk about we redirected those resources to this new task. So therefore, it was it was cost avoidance or we've been able to demonstrate savings in some other manner. So that's exciting. And we're very fortunate that our administration and, and leadership have been supportive of this as a uh, in terms of investment and willingness to help support our agencies in participating. Uh, but we really have to focus on the savings and continue to build it. So it's been exciting. It, it's really you know, sort of the tip of the spear of, of uh, emerging technology, but it is catching on like wildfire, which is very exciting to hear. So process automation is is a key one. We're continuing to focus also on modernization and our move to the cloud. And that's also exciting because as we work with our agencies to do a better job of documenting sort of the, the inventory of of applications, it's really an opportunity to streamline where can we focus on shared applications or shared capability and what can we retire? What do we need to modernize? And so I feel like it's it's almost like clean, spring cleaning or, or cleaning out your closet. It's, it's really an opportunity for us to shed a lot of the old functionality that we no longer need and really streamline and become more agile in the applications that we do need. So that's another key area that I, that I would be interested or am interested to share with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks so much. That's that's really interesting and great to see how you all are approaching problems that I think a lot of states are, are looking at. Um, so thank you. Before we let you go, it is time for the lightning round. Stephanie, I think you know the drill. Amy and I are going to ask you three fun questions about life outside of work. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. So Nashville is known for its music. What are you listening to these days? You know, I am still a classic rock fan, but I will say I am embracing a, a little bit more country music these days. And so, and ne- not necessarily anything new, but I've discovered Old Dominion and I'm enjoying uh, learning their music. Oh, great. Very cool. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. All right. What is your favorite meal to get as takeout? I would say Chinese and specifically cashew chicken. Okay. Yeah. I can't go wrong with Chinese takeout. It like 
tastes just as good as it does in the restaurant. <laughs> Not everything you can say that about. <laughs> All right. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? You know, the thing that first pops into my mind, and it's more work-related, is I, I had a boss one time that said, you go easy on the people, but hard on the issue. And that's really served me well hmm. um, in, in, over the years, is be hard on whatever the issue is, but soft on the people. Love that. Yeah, that's yeah, I like that a lot, too. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate the time and the conversation. It was great to learn about what's going on in Tennessee and what you have planned for the year at NASIO. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's very exciting to be serving as NASIO president, and I look forward to a great year and continuing to work with you guys and the rest of the NASIO staff, my CIO peers, as well as our corporate members as well. So thanks again for having me. Yes, thank you. And also just want to point out, um, you know, NASIO has been focusing a lot on women in technology over the last couple of years, and it's been a lot of years since we've had a woman president for NASIO. So we're excited to have some more female leadership in our executive committee, including uh, Texas CIO Mandy Crawford, who's our secretary treasurer this year. So thanks again for, for serving. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to NASIO Voices. NASIO Voices is a production of the National Association of State Chief Information Officers. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.